where Jesus is Lord. And I want to lift up the Lord Jesus this morning, who's always right. Said he's always right. His word is right. Holy Ghost is the spirit of Christ and he's always right. And God is always right. So I want to lift him up because when everything in the world's going wrong, we can go to him. He's always right. So I'd like for you to turn in your Bible this morning as we go to the word to Ephesians, the book of Ephesians chapter six. You know, here at River Church, we talk from a perspective. Everybody has a perspective or a point of view, an outlook of where they talk where they minister, where they convey, where they communicate. And here we always are communicating towards not, you know, turn or burn or get right or get left, that sort of thing. That's some people, that's some church's perspective, and that's how they minister is they're always uh, getting lathered up about the bad in the world, and there's plenty of that. But everybody knows that. Everybody knows there's bad in the world, and everybody's aggravated by all the bad people that's doing bad things and not doing right. So that's not even revelation. That's not even news. Why, why should we say what we already know and get confirmed on that? It just, it just lathers you up. It just makes you mad. Our government's talking about, you know, all the bad things that certain bad th people have supposedly done, and it just doesn't make any of us happy. So... Uh, we're going to talk this morning about how does the kingdom of God work. Amen. I want to know how the kingdom of God works. Because if I can know that, then I can cooperate with heaven. I can cooperate. And it doesn't matter what people think how the kingdom should work. It doesn't matter if you don't agree with how the kingdom works. If you don't cooperate with the kingdom, you're not going to, be, you're not going to have your best life. You're going to have your own life. So uh, the kingdom of God, I need to know how it works all the time. I need to know how, how does this always work? And right now there's a lot of things going on out in the, in the world where people are preaching and teaching that you never know what God's going to do. Sure you do. It's in the book. It's in the book. So we always know how God's going to work. Well, we can't tell the future. We were talking this morning about how the Bible is the only book of any faith that dares to predict, prophesy about the future. It's written down all over the pages. There's no Mormon, there's no uh, uh, Muslim, there's no Buddhist, there's no Hindu record of anything where they are bold enough to say, this is going to happen, this is how it's going to go down. That seems a little safer. But the Word of God is bold and says all sorts of things about what's going to go in the future, and so we know because these things that were prophesied came true that the Bible's true. It's the proof of God. There was a, a group of archaeologists uh, a number of years ago that railed against the word and said, uh, said, the Bible talks about the Hittites. And there is no record, there's no archaeological, no, uh, uh, new, no, no record of the Hittites ever being uh, on the earth. And so the Bible is not true. It was a guess. It was a shot in the wind. But then a new team went into an area and dug up the ruins of the Hittites. It may take a while, but God's always right. Amen. He was right from the beginning. So uh, the word of God teaches us about the kingdom of God, which uh, it's all by design. 
This thing's not haphazard. This thing is not, uh, uh, you never know if it's coming or going. It's absolutely all by design and it's all fitted to time. One thing that's prophesied in the word is things that will happen, not just that they will happen, but when they'll happen and everything fits together. So you and I should be, we should be doctors or scholars in the kingdom of God. It's our one expertise. You may be a pipe fitter or a seamstress or a cook or a, uh, you know, a software programmer, whatever you do that you're considered to be an expert. But if that expertise is not eclipsed and overwhelmed by your expertise in the word of God, then you failed in the kingdom and you're known by no more than your craft or your expertise in the world. That's, you'll always be a pipe fitter and known as that. Well, I don't want to just be known as a pipe fitter. Actually, I am, as you are, I'm pretty much able to do anything. If you'll send me to school or put me in with a master a craftsman, I can learn. I'm, I'm teachable. Are y'all teachable? Sure. And so I could learn to do anything. Why are we doing what we're doing? Well, a lot of it was just where we lived and what was at hand and what we were interested in. And so we took off on that, but it's not because that's the only thing we could do. It's just what happened and it paid and we just stayed with it because you can only do one thing or two things at a time. But in the kingdom, we ought to know the Bible says ye have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. So I'm not limited to a craft or a, a profession or, you know, I have an unction. I have a I have a, the means the anointing and I know all things. So I, by faith, am knowing all things in the word of God because I need to so that the devil doesn't take advantage of us, so that the devil doesn't catch us unawares, uh, and so that the curse does not prevail on us. The curse, we've been exempted from it, but if you don't know that you have, you'll certainly walk under it just like a heathen that's not been exempted. So in Ephesians chapter 6, praise God, let's look this morning, you know, my favorite subject is living above. Is it your favorite subject? How we can live above. One time I heard a pastor, you know, talk about uh, uh, all the things in Proverbs about uh, the fool. And he says, you know, if you're going to if you're going to do this, you're you're a fool and this is going to happen. Well, it wasn't very profitable. <laughs> Nobody had a warm fuzzy when they left. We, we are all going, wow, I'm, I'm a little condemned. But I want to minister this morning on living above in Jesus Christ. And it's not hard. His yoke is easy and living above is his yoke. He says, I want you to live above. I want you to have it because I've come to give you life and I want you to be a demonstration of it because there's a lot of people that the only Jesus they'll ever see is you. So it says in Ephesians chapter six, if you're there, verse, uh, let's look in verse 12. Yeah. Paul says to the church at Ephesus, he says, uh, for we wrestle. So we're looking, you have to look up in the verses above where he he says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the, against the wiles of the devil. So he says, for, for the reason, the wiles of the devil, put on the whole armor of God, because the reason is because we wrestle not with flesh and blood. Now, you may say, well, that's easy, but I'm telling you, <laughs> I've been mad at a lot of folks in my life. Now, y'all may say, not me, Pastor, I've never been mad at anybody, but but God can forgive you for lying. Hallelujah. <laughs> if you're in the world, you've been mad at somebody in the world because there's just lots of things that are wrong. And sometimes it's us. Uh, sometimes I went back and looked at all the people I was mad at and it wasn't even them. It was me. 
Uh, we won't mention that. But he says, we wrestle not, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. So we're wrestling against principalities. You are. You, don't, you may claim you're not, but you are if you're wrestling. You're wrestling against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. You're wrestling against spiritual wickedness in high places. We're all wrestling. Life is a wrestle. It's not even uncomfortable, but we're always like uh, you ever seen a dog or uh, try to circle his bed. He's got a bed in the house and he circles it and circles it and circles it. And you go, come on, buddy, sit down, lay down. We got to go to bed here. But he's circling, trying to get himself adjusted to that perfect spot. And then he'll he'll get in there. People do that in bed, too. They do it in chairs. They'll they'll work themselves in. Sometimes they do it in church. They want to be in a comfortable position before they go to sleep. <laughs> All right. So uh, we're wrestling. We're getting comfortable. We're, we're working out our spot, our place, because uh, the old story about cowboys is uh, why is the horse mad? Because there's a burr under, his, under the saddle. And sometimes we get a burr under our saddle. He says we wrestle here. The Amplified, you know, the, le the uh, multiple choice version says we wrestle uh, but we wrestle, but not against flesh and blood, but against the despotisms, against the powers, against the master spirits. Wow, it's a spiritual battle. The master spirits who are the world rulers. The, think about that. There's world rulers of this present darkness. We could say there was darkness out there, couldn't we? We wrestle against the spirit forces of wickedness. Not just bad things, but wickedness in the heavenly, supernatural sphere. Y'all notice we've been wrestling? Well, it's like it, the reason it comes disguised and it comes because it comes looking like people. It's like, leave me alone. Well, it's not them, even though I'll tell you, as bad as we as we see people being used, we've all been used of the devil. We've all messed up and it wasn't it wasn't them. It wasn't us. I mean, it was us. But the devil was influencing us. The, the, the English version says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual, the wicked spiritual forces in the heavenly world. Well, I'm down here on earth. Well, you're wrestling against forces in the heavenly world, the rulers, authorities and cosmic powers of this dark age. Wow, that seems pretty formidable. That seems pretty daunting to think about little old me. You know, I, can, I might can take on this person. I might can wrestle with that person. But spiritual forces in heavenly places and cosmic powers of this dark age, it looks pretty overwhelming. And if you don't know who that is or what that is or how to stand for it, it is overwhelming. You have a messed up life. The, uh, the Living Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against persons without bodies. Wow. The evil rulers of the unseen world, those mighty satanic beings and great evil princes of darkness, great evil princes of darkness who rule this world. Why is the world messed up? Because there's some things that are ruling it that are against God and against huge numbers of wicked spirits in the spiritual world. I mean, it's like you got to take a break here and say, 
we're outnumbered. I wish I'd have got that scripture I just thought of where uh, uh, Elijah was was uh, saying, we got this. And uh, uh, his servant said, I don't know if we got this or not. And he said, Lord, open his eyes. And he saw all the angels round about and he knew that we'd got that. Well, we, we don't get under because of this verse. We just have to know the other side of the equation. Uh, so wrestling the devil, the implication there by those words in the, in the Greek is pressure to hold off and to deny. We are under pressure to hold off and deny access or uh, jurisdiction over the devil's satanic forces. He's out to kill you. Now, let me just tell you a story. He's out to kill me. But if he could have, I promise you, I guarantee you, he would have. And since he hasn't, he can't. It's not because he's not greater. It's not because he doesn't want to. But he wants to kill your babies, your grandsugars. He wants to take them out. You go, well, not mine. He has, there is no mercy. There is no, there's no residue. There is no anything about the satanic forces that has any mercy, compassion, or sense of rightness. It is totally against you. It is uh, it's totally uh, uh, lined up against your life. And so what's holding it back? Well, greater is he that is in me than he that is the satanic power in cosmic dominions. So we have to know that and we have to wrestle. We have to do what Deborah Ann, she read this morning, Psalm 91. We got to go there and say, whoo hoo, I'm, I'm in the secret place of the most high. Otherwise, you're just out there with devils and it's miserable and they torment your mind and they take away your health and they rob you of your money and, and they wreck your relationships and they, they bring sickness and disease. Um, let's go to verse 13. Because we just found out we, we're wrestling against this devil and his cohorts. So the solution, the, res, the, the answer is in verse 13. Wherefore, because of verse 12, wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God? Well, now, right there, it says the whole armor of God is greater than the whole onslaught of the devil. Can y'all say amen? amen? We've got an answer here. We're not overwhelmed. We're not like put back and saying, gosh. I'm toast. He said, take unto you the whole armor of God. Why? That ye may be able to withstand. That word withstand means to stand longer. It doesn't mean you won't be still wrestling. It's like, I got the armor on of God. I, I'm having a happy day. We're going to go out and pick flowers all day. No, you're, you're still going to be wrestling, but you will outlast him. That you may with, able to withstand him in the evil day, and having done all, here it is, and having done all to stand. Now, the evil day is the evil day of, of attack. There's just so many devils, just like there's just so many angels. Now, there is a bucket of angels. And, you know, maybe a third of all the original angels turned into uh, evil spirits and, and stuff like that. Uh, there's a bunch of them, but they are limited, and they can only be at one place at one time. They are a physical... They're not a physical force, but they are a finite force. And they, if, they're, if they're not here, they're somewhere else. And they're, but now God is everywhere. <laughs> He's not just here or there. He's here and there. Praise God. So uh, the Amplified says about verse 13, that ye may, may be able to resist and stand your ground on the evil day of danger. 
So not every day is the same day of danger. He comes and he goes. He brings an attack and he backs off, not because he's got compassion, not because he said, whoa, I think I'll let him have a rest. It's because he's got other things going on. And sometimes he gets to the place where, like in Matthew chapter 4, where the Bible says the devil was tempting the Lord Jesus, and the Lord Jesus unwound him in all three instances with the word of God saying, it is written, and the Bible says the devil it basically says he left for a more opportune time. He said, I'll be back when the door's a little wider. I'll be back when the gate's not so guarded. I'll be back when, you, when you're not feeling so chipper, Lord Jesus. And, uh, but it never came, as you notice, it, that opportunity never came. Uh, the word able to withstand, let's look at that for a second. That ye may be able to withstand. When we said that stand longer than the enemy in the evil day, that word able to, to withstand is the word repelling. It means to repel a liar. We know in John 10, 10, Jesus said, The thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and destroy. So it's repelling the killer, the, the thief, and the destroyer. Is that right? That's, who's, that's who you're wrestling against. He said uh, that you may be able to repel, not just hold a defensive position, but actually to go off and run, go and run them off. Uh, a usurper. You all know what a usurper is? It's someone in that takes something and, uh, and, and takes advantage of someone and takes their stuff. Well, it repels the usurper. So why is the devil coming to you? Why is he attacking me? Why, why are we wrestling? What is it that you have become? I've become something when I got born again. How about you? I became something. I... I they could put me in a photo lineup, and I, I look the same. Matter of fact, now if you go get your driver's license in Alabama, they make you take your glasses off. And it's like, who is that? <laughs> I, that's part of me, you know. If you don't have my glasses, it's like, who is that? But basically, we're the same before we got born again as after. But I've become somebody. We've become somebody. Now, you're only, you're only come become somebody if you know that. It actually happened, but you're not able to engage it until you know. So what have you become? What have you possessed? I've possessed some things. I've got, uh, I, 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 now I know who I am. I know what I have. And I know what I can do. So that's what the devil's coming for. I would say he's coming for that revelation. In other words, we acquired it. It's not physical necessarily, but we acquired that revelation, that illumination says, the word says I'm greater as he that is in me. Not just Oral or Billy Graham or, you know, Kenneth Hagin, these great men of God, but he's in me. Wall to wall and 10 feet tall, he's in me. So the devil's got to shut that down because if that word gets out, he's toast. He's, uh, he's not going to be able to have a great day, and he has come to res resist us or to wrestle that revelation out. He's trying to say it did not happen because look at your life. You're not who you say you are because look at the sin in your life. You don't have that because look at the trouble. You're, you, you know, you can't pay your bills, and look what you can't do. Well, you, you tried to cast out a devil, and look, he's, he's still there working, and so he tries to make us hypocrites 
make us liars with our own faith. Let's turn to Mark chapter 4, if you would, and let's go down that road just a few minutes. Because when I wrestle, and I guess we're all going to have to wrestle, I want to win. I, I, it doesn't mean I can't go forever, but I don't want to go forever. I want, I want to get a, a standoff. I want to get a, a, a draw here so that, I, so that he backs off like he did the Lord Jesus in Matthew 4, where it says he left for a more opportune time. He left to come back at a more opportune time. It says in Mark chapter 4, oh, this is the greatest story in the Bible right here. Uh, Mark chapter 4, verse 14. We could have started there in verse 3 where he gave a parable or a parallel to his uh, disciples. And then, then he explained it. In verse 13, he says, Know ye not this parable, and how then will ye know all parables? So this is the parable of the seed. And everything in the kingdom is a part of or a derivative or a, a demonstration of the seed principle. The earlier something's mentioned in the Bible, the more prominence it has in your life. And the, and the Bible tells about the seed uh, 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 bringing forth fruit after its kind in Genesis number one or two, whatever it is. It's right up there up front. So this is how the kingdom works. Well, if you don't know that, if you don't know that, if you are just trying to be good enough to get God's favor, Lord, I, did, I didn't speed, I didn't steal, I didn't lie. I could have, but I didn't. Lord, do, do I get an attaboy? He said, well, whatever. That works for you in the world that they didn't lock you up. They didn't call you a liar. But it doesn't do anything for the kingdom. What does do for the kingdom? Seed time and harvest. Everything is seed time and harvest in the kingdom. I said everything. And if you look at everything in the Bible, you can always take it back to seed time and harvest. Uh, what you do is what you're going to have done back unto you. So it's in chapter, chapter 4 here and look in verse 14. He said, the sower soweth the word. Let's read that together. The sower soweth the word. Now here he's taking and jumping from just seed like corn or barley or, or peas. And he's saying that the word, the word of God is a seed. He's, he took that out of verse uh, uh, 3 where he says, Behold, there went out a sower to sow, and he sowed, and some of it went here and some of it went there. He said, Now I'm explaining that the sower soweth the word. So if yours and my life, if we want to have a harvest or we want to have increase, we have to sow a seed. And he said the seed of increase is the word. Sower sows the word. Now, we're all wrestling against principalities and powers and all those guys, even though they're coming through people, your boss, your husband, your, your, your brother-in-law, whatever, that is, they're working on you and I, and we're mad as thunder at our brother-in-law, but he's just being used of the devil. Poor little fool. But like I said, I've been a poor little fool before and uh, got my emotions wound up and left faith behind and said, I'll, I'll be back for you later, but I got to go take care of something. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all ever done that? Says, God, you stay right there. I will be back, but I got to go take something. And, you know, uh, that movie, The Punisher, where it's uh, uh, the guy tells, uh, the, he says, uh, Vios con Dio, God go with you. And uh, the guy said, God's going to sit this one out. That's what a lot of people are saying. God's going to sit this one out. I got, he's not fast enough and he's not definitive enough. I'm going to go take care of some stuff. Well, it never works out well, does it? 
<laughs> it gives you a certain personal satisfaction for 13 to 16 seconds, and then its reality is back. So it says here, the sower soweth the word, and these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, what have they heard? They've heard the word. They've heard the seed of the word that's able to bring a harvest in their life. But when they have heard these particular people that heard the word, Satan cometh immediately. Well, there's those principalities and powers. Satan cometh immediately. It doesn't mean that he comes in physical form like a devil. It means he comes with, in the form of people and said, ah, oh, I heard a preacher say that one time and, and this is what happened. Or, you know, well, that's what they say. Uh, one time I went to a church when I first got the Holy Ghost and I had somebody in my family. It was a spirit-filled church, and we had just got spirit-filled, just got this thing, and we went to a big church in Lubbock, and somebody in my family said, well, now you know you had a, you had a, 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 a second cousin that went to that church and ran off with somebody and left his wife. And you're going, okay, the story, the, the application, what's that mean? Don't go to that church. <laughs> It's like, really? That, that was kin folks. Hallelujah. And when, when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. Let's just read it all. And these are they likewise, which are sown on stony ground. So a stony heart, wouldn't that be what it, that's where the word is sown is into your heart. Uh, so your heart is like ground and the word is the seed who, when they have heard the word, so they heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and have no root in themselves, and so endure but for a time. Now, I can tell you as a farmer, an ex-farmer, that when you sow cotton or peanuts or anything, it, you have to get it just right. If you sow it too deep, it's moist, it'll germinate, but if it can't push through the soil, if it's too deep, it'll die right before it hits the top. And if you sow it too shallow, the sun and the wind will come by and it'll dry out just under the surface. It'll dry out and it can't get its root down and it'll die from because uh, it, it couldn't bring it didn't couldn't get a hold of moisture. It'll be in dry ground. So it says here they have no root in themselves. And that's what that means. Uh, afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. Say offended. Oh, my, they are offended. Y'all know any offended folks? They're the meanest folks on the planet. When they're offended, they're, they're, you can't reason with them. You, anyway, and these are they which are sown among thorns. Man, the seed can fall into anything, can't it? Such as hear the word, so they hear the word, but the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lusts of other things entering in to their heart Choke the word, and it, the word, becometh unfruitful. And then verse 20, glory to God. There's one out of four seed that gets into good ground. And I'll tell you, if you just look out there in people, about one out of four get it. You can gather up a hundred people in a room and preach the word to them and tell them the truth and set them free and, and tell them what Jesus has done. And 75 of them will walk out saying, poor, poor thing, he believes that stuff. But 25 will say, I'm in. You and I right now, this morning, you're one of the 25%. And it, the devil, the wrestling has been severe. 
at times. To stay. To stay with the word. And you've had all sorts of assaults and contradictions and hypocrisies. So these are the ones which are sown on good ground. They also hear the word and receive it. And they bring forth fruit. Lots of fruit. First, uh, verse uh, 20. I like that word receive it. That's the only one that changes from the other three kinds of soil, is that that soil received it. The others fell on the ground, but the fourth ground, the prosperous soil, the good ground, received it. Uh, it reminded me of uh, Mark eleven twenty four, where it says, What things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive it, and what will happen? Ye shall have it. So there's that word receiving. And I'll tell you, we're, we're sometimes confused about God that he's not a good giver. But actually, God's a better giver than we are receivers. He's a good giver. He, he tells us, you give good things to your kids and you're evil. How much more will the Holy Spirit take care of you? Because he doesn't have evil in him. So... Um, Let's talk about that word received. I believe the devil can't get, based on verse 20, the devil can't get what you've received. So guess what's important in your life? To receive it. That's why we preach like we do from this pulpit. We, we take one subject, one topic, as it were, one area of the kingdom, and just pound it for four, five, six, ten weeks. Just pound it. Uh, just got through with the series. Uh, went six weeks on it. Just you go, why? Because it doesn't matter how people heard it unless they receive it. So you just keep looking at it from a different angle. Uh, Brother Hagen always said you can climb a mountain up, but when you climb it up one side, you see it from one side. But if you climb it up from another, you see a whole nother side of the mountain. Well, we have to look at things and look at things and look at things till it becomes lodged in there in order to bring forth fruit. It doesn't matter how much you heard. Oh, I heard brother do that and I've been in the I've been to Bible college and I've been oh, I've heard the best. Matters none. All that matters is is you heard a poor country preacher that said something and you receive that and that is the thing that's working in your life versus what you heard from famous this and important that and powerful who you who who knows. You got to receive it. So factor this in. All you and I are working off of in the kingdom, the only thing that's successful in our life right now, today, at this moment, is totally based on what we have received. Doesn't matter what you've heard, doesn't matter who you've been with, doesn't matter who you've been around that said, oh, I've got, I've got this testimony. All that you've got in your life is the seed of God's word that you received. Well, that makes it important, doesn't it? Because the devil wants to wrestle. <laughs> he wants to steal, kill, and destroy. Um, so the devil only has success. The devil only has success where a seed has been heard. Y'all remember those four grounds, all of them heard it, but not received. In one instance, you know, they got offended, so they didn't receive it. Or the ground choked on it and they didn't receive it. The ground was shallow. It was the wayside. They were shallow. They were like going to a church that's shallow and didn't emphasize the word, just said the word enough so they could get to the, the fun stuff. They didn't receive it. 
He has success there. He steals the word, verse 1 says, that was stole, or factor 1, that was stole, that was in their heart. So that is like, well, everybody, all preachers say, you ought to come to church. Well, there's a lot of them are saying come to church and read your Bible because they just want you to be in church so they can have a full church, so they can, you know, do this and say that and say we're running this many. But actually, the real reason we're all in church is simply so that we can receive the word because nothing is happening. I said the gate didn't latch. No matter how hard you swung it, it didn't latch until it latched. And if, you did, if it didn't latch, you don't know anything. It doesn't matter if, if you know some things. Your whole life is built on what you were able to receive. It takes a long time to receive the tithe. Not always for everybody, but generally speaking, the tithe is a, it's a jagged little pill. <laughs> and you can hear it just like, I know he says that. I know the Bible says that, but. And all of us have struggled with it. All of us. There's nobody that just says, oh, I got the tithe the first time. Your pants are on fire. We smell the smoke. It's just, it didn't happen. We're all, we're all, but you got to hear it and hear it. And so we, we teach it every, every Sunday. We teach on it. We, we testify of it's what we really do to say, I didn't have it. It was, it was a, it was a hard thing. I'll tell you, people sometimes don't come to church in a church like this. They don't come because they don't have a tithe and they don't want to not tithe. It's happened for 20 years. And, and I, I can tell you, I have a history, not, not much, not very long. But when I first started, I struggled with it because I had not received it. I heard it, but I didn't receive it. Same thing with uh, healing. The church doesn't know much about healing because they didn't teach it in such a way. They just hit over it and said, well, you know, God does. sometimes he heals and sometimes he doesn't. Well, you can't receive revelation based on that. It has to be hit from every view and every side until finally you say, I got it. Everything that you're working on in your life, you got it. Okay, number three, the word is the seed and the word always, say it with me, always, say it again, always produces on this earth. The word always, if it has some ground, if it can be received, it will always produce. So it's not a question of, is God's word true? It's always just a measure of, did I receive it? So concerning healing or prosperity, it's not enough to have information. Information about the seed is not planting the seed. You got to finally just say, that's more true than what I used to believe, or it's more true than my experience. It's more true than what other people have told me. It is true, and I want to receive the truth. Some people don't. Some people would rather have the lie than to have the truth. I know that seems amazing, but all of us have got certain things in our life, in our thinking, in our, in our uh, psyche that, uh, that we believe. Uh, Deb used to say, What's in your truth bucket? Is everything that is in your truth bucket, is it true? Because not everything in our truth bucket, well, I just believe this is the way God works. I believe that's the truth. Well, is it true? Well, it has to be able to stand up against the word to be true. You know, well, God heals some. He knows best. And he, some of them he just takes because he, 
You know, and it just goes on, blather, blather, blather. It's in their truth bucket, and they'll, they'll put it on their church signs, and they'll preach on it and everything, but it's not true. And Jesus said, I'm the way and the truth. So it's not Jesus. He's, it didn't come from him, because he's obligated what? To finish everything he starts. He'll follow through on everything he starts. <laughs> I never spit on my coat before. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. So, so let's go back. Let's just take it a little further. All the trouble that we have in this world, all the principalities, the powers, the cosmic entities, why are they sent to you? Why do they come to me? What is their purpose? What is their agenda? Are they just out trying to, you know, stay on the demonic payroll and like, I got to work eight hours and or I don't get paid, you know? No. What is their purpose? What are they trying to do? Well, they're trying to send us to hell. They're, they're not trying to send you to hell. The devil doesn't care if you're in hell or heaven. If you're, if you're, if you're, if you're proclaiming the Lord Jesus, he just wants you out of the world. Once you go to heaven, you're, you're, you're not able to campaign for righteousness on the earth. Be in hell, be in heaven. He doesn't care. He just wants you dead. So what is his deal? His whole deal is to disable the word. That is his whole thing. And if you don't know that, you're just going to think, well, why is the devil picking on me? Well, and some people you would wonder, why is the devil picking on them? And actually, some people... He doesn't pick on them. They are so self-detonating, so self-destructing in their speech and in their actions. He doesn't have to do anything. They are a great demonstration for the demonic realm, the, the hell realm, because he doesn't have to bother them at all. They're doing it just fine on their own. So all the trouble that comes, steal, kill and destroy, comes to disable the word, to, to negate the testimony of the word of God. And here he gave us three grounds where the devil comes. The hard ground, the thorny ground, the, the shallow ground where there's uh, rocks. and he, 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 All those things are evidences of the attack of the devil or the, that realm to keep the word from coming up and producing 30, 60, and 100 fold. Number four, the double-minded will always wrestle with the de devil. I said the double-minded will always wrestle. So point to yourself and say, hey, you, don't do it. <laughs> don't be double-minded. The word tells us in James what happens to the double-minded. They cannot receive anything from God. Why? Because they're wrestling all the time. They're in the fight. They're in the fight. They're always in the fight with their money. They're always in the fight with their kids or with their family or their parent. They're always in a fight at work. It's just a fight at work. Why do they not like me? Why, why? Because they're double-minded. They go to church. They even read the Bible some. But they are double-minded. They think this way on church day. And then by 3 o'clock on Sunday afternoon, whew, <laughs> we, we got rid of that and got back to normal. And they're double-minded. And so they, they get in, but they can't stay in. And so they waller back to their old way. Have you lived there? I certainly have. <laughs> yes. Everything everybody has, me included, anybody else, it was a process to get wherever anybody is. It was a process. And in that process, there was a lot of failures, a lot of disappointments, a lot of things that, uh, that hurt to get to anywhere that you've ever gotten to. 
Nobody just said, ding, I was born and I, I arrived. Kenneth Copeland went through all this stuff. Oral Roberts, who do you want to talk about that you think just showed up and it happened for them? There's nobody. There's nobody. Certainly not me. I've had to wrestle the alligators, the demonic alligators to the ground because I was double-minded on many things. And then you just finally, when you finally get tired of wrestling, you come over there and you make a decision. Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life in this area. I know I've, got, I've had trouble. I know I've been a hypocrite. I know I've wrestled. But Lord, I'm surrendering it. And suddenly you receive the word. And if you keep coming to church, I mean like this, it just gets reinforced. Just as you're about to fade back to your old way and be double-minded, you come in and hear the word. And it, it boings us back up, if you can say that. It, it, we, it gets strengthens us. But if you miss three, six, or ten weeks, or if you, you, know, you don't get in the Word, it's like, ah, I'm busy. Well, yeah, we're all busy. I'm busy. You're busy. We're busy. This is a struggle to put it in your life. Prayer time, it's a struggle for all of us. We're always glad when we do it. I'll just tell you all about me. I don't like to exercise. It's not a secret. It's not a mystery. It's like, oh, boy, look at Mr. Exercise. He's Mr. Buff. No, nobody ever said that to me. But I'm always so glad when I get out there and walk. Once I get all my gear on, I look like, you know, some, I don't like to be cold. So I get all my gear on. I'm always so glad I'm out there. Woo-hoo. I come in and tell her I made four and a half laps today. You know, not, not just the backyard. I, I, I do the whole short block. <laughs> but that's the way it is with the word. That's the way it is with prayer. You just like, oh, you know, I got to get up this morning and rush out and go to church. Or I got I to gotta stop and 30 minutes in the word or five or whatever. Oh, but once you get in there, you're going, whoo-hoo. That was good. It was good. Well, glad I went to church. Glad I got in the word. Glad I went to prayer. Glad I asked somebody over. Whatever we do, we're all, it's always the dread of it that's hard. But the single-minded person, the single-minded believer, not double-minded, but single-minded, does not wrestle. The reason is, is because the double-minded person, and we've all been there, and there's probably areas in your life that you're still there, we live by preference. We prefer not to wrestle with the devil. But we don't, we can't make a stand. Dieting is something that's hard. I mean, that's secular, that's worldly, but it's like, I'm always willing to diet after supper till breakfast. <laughs> I'm convicted. Don't get up. <laughs> but during the day, I'm kind of, I have a preference. I prefer not to eat everything that's inside, but it doesn't work out for me very good. I am definitely double-minded about diet. I mean, it's no secret, like I said. You can't hide that. But the single-minded person that just says, this is how it is for me. And we surround ourselves. To say single-minded, we usually surround ourselves with somebody, whether it's just coming to church or whether it's your wife or husband or whether it's a, a friend that's a believer. We surround ourselves with it so we can be accountable. And it's like, oh. Mildred, I'm just about to faint. I'm just about to, I just want to not, I just want to give it up. And she'll say, or Johnny will say, whoever you got with you will say, oh, come on, let's do it this way. I'll, I'll jump in with you. And it keeps us on until we can outlast. 
Having done all to stand, stand th therefore means we outstand or outlast the devil. Our situation, the wrestling. And once we get on, he'll come back. He'll try to come back like he did with the Lord Jesus. But we'll just stay strong and he'll have no opportune time. He'll come back and check in and say, well, wonder what Kimberly's doing. Ah, not today's not a good day for me to go get her. Joey, I'll just, we'll just, we'll just all come down on Joey and because he's probably lazy or no good or gone back. And we go down there and go, no, he's a bright shining star. That's not good ground for us. And they'll go find some slug that's wrestling and struggling and they'll just stay there. But not us. But not us. We'll outlast him because we'll have him done all to stand. We'll stand there for. So the single minded is a person of conviction. Whatever area you've got, not every area. We have many facets of your life, many areas of your life. But anytime you section off a, an area and say, okay, I'm tired of the old sluggy, double-minded way. I'm going to outlast the devil in this area. I, I said the tithe a while ago. Once you get in, once you get into that, it's like, ah, that's no big deal. Am I telling the truth here? You go, well, how can that never be a big deal? It's 10%. I can't tell you. It's just that it's the seed that you receive that begins to do a work in you. And you're just like, I got this. But until then, you have to wrestle it. Every week you wrestle it. Ah, oh, I don't have enough. And this is rent week. And this is utility week. Yeah. It's been that way for everybody. It's not like just you. It's like, well, it's harder for me because I'm just starting out. It's the same for everybody. You just don't know all of us that have struggled and been through that and had to, had to, and had to retreat and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm back and I messed up and I failed. But here I am back, Lord. Can we, can we go again? And he'll say, ah, we got this. Won't he say that? Won't he say, we got this? He won't ever say, you know, you've messed up pretty bad. It's, I'm not sure we can recover from this. He never says that. Praise God. So in verse 14, it says he soweth the word. So we're sowing the, the zoe. The, Jesus said, I've come that they might have life. The word life there is zoe. It means the life as God has it. It's the essence of God. It's what makes God God. It's, and he's, he's, he's refathered us from above. So we... Just like your children do, they look just like you. Bless their hearts. <laughs> I've been mad at my folks for a long time. Why am I so short? <laughs> or whatever. Why do my ears stick out? Why is my nose, you know, this, that, and the other? Well, it's just you get what your parents have. Well, the Lord's refathered us. We've been born again of the Spirit, and we got what He is. And He is life, Zoe life, and so that's in us. That's in me. That's in you. I'm not an old sinner, even saved by grace. I was, but that was death. That was darkness. But now I'm life as God has it. Boy, if you can get around that, if you can get a receive it on that right there, I'm a God's child, and what was, what's in him is in me. It's, you can't get your head around it. It's not like, well, I'll think about that. It's not a thinking thing. It's a meditation thing. It's a Zoe thing, a revelation thing. And you get that in there. So we're sowing the word. We're sowing the life of God because Jesus is the word and the life of God is in him. He is that. So when I sow by his stripes, ye were healed. When I sow, 
uh, like Kimberly said this morning, giving generously. I sow that word into my life. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Then that begins to come back to me as a harvest. Now, the devil will try to steal it. If you, if you lay hands on yourself and say, I am the healed of, of God. I am by his stripes. I'm healed. The devil will come. And how will he come in healing? He'll come and bring a big, bad symptom. You go to the doctor and say, I've, I'm healed. And he'll say, well, you got the flu and triple. You got double pneumonia. You got triple flu. You got, you know, uh, this little spot you asked me about. We think that's, you know, going to kill you or something. And so you'll always get the bad report. You make a stand for your money and say, bless God, I'm in now. It's not going to, I'm not going to do what I usually do. Well, here comes the devil. He's a wrestler. And his point is to take it out of you. So in verse 15, it says, he taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. That is what the devil's doing. So the affliction, the wrestling is irrelevant. It doesn't really matter what it is. It's not in anything particular, and it's certainly not personal. It's to steal the word out of your heart. So wherever you got the word in, that's where he's coming. Amen. Little Nolan's okay. <laughs> he's, 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 he acts like he's winning, but he's not winning. They, they got that girl. Hallelujah. See, that's just coming to steal the word. But now, see, Nolan crying in there doesn't bother me a bit. <laughs> Yay. Uh, now, let's look in verse 17. We'll wind this thing up. And have no root in themselves. So we're talking about a soil here. We've got to change soils. We've got to change our heart. Have no root in themselves, and so endure but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or pressure or persecution arises for the word's sake... Immediately they are offended. You know the word for offended there is the Greek word, scandalon. What word do we have in our English that comes out of scandalon? Scandal. So the devil just brings a scandal into your life. Oh, no. I, I, mis, I misfigured my checking account. I thought I had 300 and I have 30. <laughs> what am I going to do? It's a scandal. You know, well, I thought that the thing in my body was okay, but the doctor's this or whatever. It's just a scandal. And you got to know it came from darkness. It came from cosmic powers of darkness, and it's no big deal because it's come for the word. And if you can wrap yourself around the word and say, I'm standing my ground on this word, it hurts like old Billy. It hurts. Oh, it hurts. This is hard. This is hard on my mind, and it's just strife and carrying on but I'm standing on the word, then that storm will pass over. It will pass over. It, it'll seem like it lasted forever, but you will outlast it, and it'll pass over. And suddenly, just like the Lord Jesus, he said, it is written, devil. And he had his way over the devil, not because of him so much, is that he put the word out there, and the word never fails. And so uh, verse 17 says, when... Afterwards, when affliction doesn't say if affliction, it says when affliction comes. So what can you and I as believers expect when we stand on the word? That something's coming. You know, if they, they say, well, there's a there's a tornado that's on the east side of Mississippi and it's coming right for West Alabama. What does all the world do? I mean, if they don't have their milk and bread, they run down there and get that real quick. But uh, of course, in Alabama, 
But everybody hunkers down because there's a storm coming. Well, when we start standing on the word, we need to not hunker down, but, but brace ourselves to say, he's, he's not going to let me have this for free. And you should expect it. And so when it comes, you'll just say, I've been expecting you. I knew you were coming because I'm standing on the word. I knew you were coming. So I'm not surprised. And so I've already laid in my milk and bread and, and uh, uh, got the candles out and all that stuff. We're ready for you, devil. You, there's, not, there's no big scandal here, no scandal on here. And I've got this covered. And so uh, we got to hear the word. Now the devil will try to choke the word we saw there and all of that. Uh, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 10. We don't have much longer. But let me just look in Hebrews chapter 10 with you for a moment, and then we, we might come back and do this another day. Praise God. Remember the, the scripture in Matthew where the Lord Jesus, Matthew uh, 12, he said, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart. What, what happens to that man? He brings forth good things. So we got to get the treasure in our heart. The word is the treasure. Uh, in another place, I'm telling you, this scripture is really important to me. It says, uh, what man finding a treasure in a field goes and buys that field? We've got to buy the word. It's like, he sells all he has. That's what it says. Sells all he has and buys that field. Yeah, so you just put aside the world and say, I know there's a career path here, and I know there's an opportunity here, and I know this looks good, but I just saw the treasure in the field. I'm going to sell out all the world stuff, whatever it takes, and go and buy that field because it's got the treasure in it that I will live on. Well, that's what the word is. It's talking about the word. It's like, ah, it might not be that good of a treasure, and I'm on a real good course here. That thing, will, that thing will wind out, and you'll see what the truth is. Chapter 10 and verse 32. It says, uh, uh, let's see if I make sure I'm in the right place. We're winning, Nolan, not you. <laughs> but call to remembrance, verse 32, the former days in which after ye were illuminated... That's really important to say, see that. After ye were illuminated, ye endured a great fight of afflictions. Guess what? It's in the Bible. Everything that's ever happened to you and me, it's already in the Bible. It's like we knew this was coming. It always comes after illumination, after revelation. It always comes what it calls a great fight of afflictions. The word fight there is the word struggle. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. After everything, so everything that you say, I'm fixing to take some ground, I'm fixing to let the word work, I mean, it's a commitment. You're going to have to say, I'm not preferring it anymore so that I always back off when the trouble comes, but this time, I'm going to weather the storm, I'm going to stand my ground, I'm going to see this through, I'm going to outlast the trouble. You just need to know there's trouble coming. And it's, it's subtle, it's, it's sneaky, it's, you know, but you're ready for anything. And you don't take it personal. Well, why is the devil picking on me? Well, you must have said something or did something that says, I'm going to stand on the word. We say these things in church. Lord, I love you and I surrender and I'm going to do it your way. And then when the devil comes, we go, well, what happened? What's that all about? Well, it's because of those words. It's because of that commitment. Amen. And he goes on, verse 33, partly whilst you were made a gazing stock, 
both by reproaches and affliction, and partly while shall ye became companions of them that were so used. In other words, you're, stand, you're, you're hanging around with people that are under affliction, and y'all are all crying together. I've been with them folks where you just say, who, who's, who's having a hard time? I want to go with you because you'll understand. For ye had compassion of me in my bonds and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that ye have in heaven an, a, a better and an enduring substance. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence. Why? Which hath great recompense of reward. The words there are the words in the Greek that talk about excess and consistency. Great recompense of reward. For ye have need of patience, it says in verse 36. After ye have done the will of God, ye have need of patience. After you've done the will of God, that ye might receive the promise. How do you get the promise? You don't just want and done. You're going to have to put on some patience. You're going to have to say, I thought this would happen on the third day. And no later than the tenth day. And surely by the end of the first month, this thing would turn around. The devil just keeps coming at me. What's this all about? Patience lets your faith endure the tribulation. Because you will win if you stay in the fight. Every fight you and I get in with the word is a winning fight. It's called the good fight of faith. It's the fight that we win. Verse 37, for yet a little while, and ye shall come, he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. So uh, you can't draw back. That's what, if, you, if your patience runs out, if you don't ground yourself with somebody, let me tell you, let me tell you how this works. You got to get with somebody of like precious faith. You cannot be the lone ranger out there. You cannot be the little lamb out in the field. There's wolves everywhere and they're circling. You got to have you some folks. That you can cry out and say, I can't do it anymore. I just can't. I can't go anymore. It just hurts so bad. And they'll say, ah, I went through that. And it was tough. But, you know, you're going to have to breathe and eat and, and go to work anyway. You might as well just breathe and eat and go to work while you're in faith and just stand. And they'll talk you into staying a little longer. And then all of a sudden the cold, the squall line moves through and it's a bright, shiny day. It's like, huh, of course I was always strong and Never, never flinched. <laughs> All that stuff. Amen. Well, that's, that's, what we're, that's where we'll start. Praise God. Ah, oh, I got some stuff. Yeah, the word is full and it's a blessing. Now, see, this right here, just what we just preached here, was just a simple message. It's just, it's all over the Word. It's not like we had to squeeze something and pull something and twist something. It's just blatantly obvious what God has said about the kingdom. said, pay attention. This is how it works. Now, in American automobiles, they used to all have a key. And you turn to the right. You all know every key that you put in a car turns to the right. It's like, well, they must be some sort of standard. But now you get in cars and you put your foot on the brake and hit a button and the key's in your pocket. Well, if you don't know that, you'll be, you'll be late for work trying to find the keyhole. <laughs> I'll tell you, there's no place for it. I mean, I, it's, 
it's all electronic Wi-Fi thing. I don't know what it is. So that's the way the kingdom is. You may say, I want a, I want a keyhole. I want to be able to put my key in there and turn it to the right and then put it in D. Sometimes they don't even put it in D on the, on the column now. Now you hit a button on some of them. You hit a button that says D for dummy. <laughs> and it's like, what's this all about? What's this? Well, no matter what the devil throws at you, Revelation will give you the answer. You've you got to be able to say, the devil can't throw you. You've got to get to where the devil can't throw you. And just, he doesn't, he's like, oh, what am I going to do? Listen, I'm not good. I am not, I don't want to say I'm not good, but I am not naturally, uh, digital things kind of is not my forte. Let me just say that. So you know what I do? I don't fall apart. I got all sorts of equipment in my life. I just have also, I have people that know all sorts of equipment in my life because that's not my deal. Now, I can preach two worlds together, but I, I can't always move files around. And Facebook is a great mystery to me. Uh, you go, well, why didn't he respond to my Facebook thing? What's Facebook? <laughs> so I'm trying to point to you that, that you got to have somebody in your life that when something comes that you can't get around, you, you just go find somebody and say, hey, tell me why this is happening. And if they heard the message this morning, they'll say, oh, that's natural. That's, that's automatic. That's like putting your quarter in the Coke machine and, and hitting the button and the Coke comes down. That, that's just how it works. Well, that's how the kingdom works. Amen. Amen. I tell you now, uh, I, I have this from the Lord. I'll just give it to you. There's a, there's a time, there's a season here in the beginning of 2020 about jobs. There's a moving or a, a, a uh, uh, it's not that jobs are important to God because they're not. He's, he's got the cattle on a thousand hills. The silver and gold is his, so it's funding. But there's a lot of things about jobs, but, but it is a way that we work and that we get. But I'm telling you, God is moving in jobs right now. There's been a, uh, what is that when you, uh, when you shake, shake things out? And does the cream go to the top? Is that how it works? When you, when you, I'm, a, I'm asking too many questions here, I can tell. There's a separation, that's what I'm saying. There's a separation here. That regular folks that aren't in faith, even though they're smart and educated and experienced, they are losing their ground in the job realm. And people that are honest and loyal, they've they got God on them. They're going to be moving up. And I'm just going to tell you, you watch it in 2020. All of you watch it and get in faith with me about it. There's a great leaping, not just a like a, like a edging up, like... That's how most of them, you work 10 years in this department and they move you up here. There's going to be like an earthquake. It's going to be a jolt, a, a moving of jobs. And I'm telling you, it's going to be so much so, listen to me, it's going to be beyond what you could ask, think, or imagine. You're going to be totally surprised when they come in and says, the boss is leaving, he wants you to run the company. You may say, I don't want to run the company, but uh, it'll be that type of thing for you. And uh, yay, it's not a good thing if it's not better for you. More money, less hours, always Sundays off, that sort of thing. 
If they, if, they put you, if they put you in a job that says put the top rock on the pyramid every Saturday, that's not the job you want. That's not from God. Because you know that rock falls off every Monday morning. In Jesus' name, be blessed. Broadcast, be blessed. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen.